This is Ozarks at Large. With me from his office in Fort Smith is Michael Tilley with Talk Business and Politics. Michael, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. And um, it's nice to nice to be back. With We've had a little bit of rain, so not as much dust. Yes. Heading into fall, this is my time of year. I know you like it to be 200 degrees outside, but this is my time of year. I saw a forecast that suggested we might dip into the 30s this weekend. And so I'm all for it. Well, so the debate will begin in the Kellams household. When can a fireplace be operational? I say <laughs> somewhere below 58 degrees is prime. That is not universally uh, of the opinion. That's pretty however. specific. That's a pretty specific number. Well, um, I, I feel that's a compromise because I'm I'm letting 60 or 59 degrees not have a fire. Oh, okay. All right. I well, think. you didn't come here to talk about um, how we heat our home. Let's start off with um, masks in Fort Smith Public Schools. The mandate is over. Right. The um, the Fort Smith Public School Board voted uh, unanimously, uh, not unanimously, it was four to three, split, the opposite of unanimous, um, to end the mandate. Now, there are, uh, and, and by the way, the Fort Smith School District was one of the larger districts in the state that still had a mandate. Um, I know Bentonville is going through its machinations, legal challenges, and that sort of thing. Um but the, like I said, the board voted four to three to end it. And this is puzzling. No matter, I'm not going to, it's, it's not a, I'm not going to make a statement on whether they should have voted to keep it or not, but it's puzzling for two reasons. Uh, just on the surface. One, um, they surveyed teachers, both in staff, certified and classified employees. And out of around 2000, a little over 1400 responded of those, 38.6, around 39% said, let's end it immediately. 27.4% said, let's end it once the district's rate is at the yellow level, which is 29 or less cases per 10,000 residents in the in the district area. And the other, and another 34% said, let, we know, no, let's keep the mask mandate. So effectively, um, 61% of those surveyed which is a, a significant plurality, said to, in some way, let's keep it or let's keep it until the numbers get lower than they are now. Because hmm. right now they, they don't, they're not at 29 or less cases. They're higher than that. But nevertheless, the board who, and some of these members talked about how they're listening to the voice of the district, voted to end it. Um, when, it's, when, like I said, a little over 61% of those surveyed said no, not yet. Uh, either no or no, not yet. Um, so that, that's the first puzzling thing. Uh, and the second is that they allowed no option for virtual learning. So the deadline to opt into the virtual learning program they have in Fort Smith is over until it picks back up again in December for the next semester. But so you had parents uh, saying, "Hey, we would have opted in for virtual learning if we would have known you're going to jerk, you're going to change the rules halfway through the game." But the school district is not, and we we asked the school district if they were going to make this optional, and we couldn't get any. All the only answer we got is, "Well, 
the deadline, the, the window opens up again in December for next semester. And we were like, no, what about now since you changed the rules? Yeah, that's that's seven we or eight weeks before of, of right. school in person. Yeah. Yeah. And so and, and what people need to understand is there are families out there who have extenuating circumstances. Maybe they have someone in their home who is going through chemo and has very weak immune system. You know, you don't do you send a child to school, a kid to school, a teenager to school? They and because now they're not masked, they might there's a greater risk than bringing something back to that immunocompromised person in the family. I mean, and there are a lot of different examples about why a family would. I mean, your first priority is you want your kid in school, physically in school. You you want that, but sometimes that's not the smartest thing for you and your family. But the school district had has no virtual learning option. They're not making. They changed the rules but they're not changing another part of the rules to give people option to respond to the rule they changed, if that makes sense. So um, just very puzzling. I'll just use that word, very puzzling decision by the school board. I, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway, if you, and this isn't the same thing as everyone being masked, of course, but you as, as a student can still have, you can still decide to wear a mask, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and there are teachers who if you look on some of the social media, Facebook posts and other things. They are there were uh, a not insignificant number. were saying, well, I'm still going to be wearing my mask. Um, but if you're around people who aren't wearing a mask, you just right. you increase your chances of, of getting infected, unfortunately. Uh, and some teachers, when they teach a class, they can't, you know, wear a mask because they need to make sure they're heard or. Um, I mean, again, it's not, it's a very nuanced situation and it's unfortunate that the school board didn't provide that option for people who may need to change their, change their pattern. All right. At an upcoming uh, meeting of the Fort Smith board of directors, we'll be hearing about budget proposals. And as you might expect, if you've been following uh, the city of Fort Smith news for the past few years, a lot of money could be earmarked for utility work. Yeah, it's, uh, and you, you pegged it. That's what I was going to focus on. Um, you know, every year we, we look at these numbers and they just get higher and higher. Um, and you, you get a sense of how much, when you look at this budget, you get a sense of how much it costs for a metro area for people to be able to use a toilet or take a shower, mm. provide fire suppression, all these things that you don't see these pipes, they're underground and you, you know, you know, you're not at the water treatment center and you're not at the pump stations and all the other infrastructure. So it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, but we're talking real money here. For example, the 10 year budget for the utility department is a little over $804 million. Uh, that we're getting real close. A city a metro area like Fort Smith is getting real close to using the B word for its budget in, uh, for utilities. Now this year, this next year, um, for work for the water system, the wastewater system, and for the consent decree work, uh, is going to be just under, uh, $87 million. And that's a, that's a huge chunk of change. So that's a lot of work. Um, and again, that a, a large part of that cost is driven by that consent decree, which is now estimated in, in for catch some listeners up, in 2014, the city was forced by the federal government to fix its wastewater system, and that's 
estimated now to be around a $650 million price tag when all is said and done. But this gives us a sense the city of Fort Smith has not been that transparent in terms of what they have spent on consent decree work and what they're going to spend. So these budget uh, proposals that get laid out to the board uh, give us a sense of what they're doing. Another uh, one interesting part of the budget, too, is the Fort Smith Fire and Police Department are proposing, and it's not it's not budgeted yet, but it's a proposal to $10.8 million combined training facility um, that they say would save them time and money. They wouldn't have to go to other training facilities. It would bring other fire and police department in, be a kind of a regional training facility. Uh, and that's, you know, it's a big ticket budget item, especially when you got a consent decree uh, that you're staring down. But the Fort Smith board so far, from what I can gather, uh, are very amenable. They I, they like this proposal. It'll be interesting to see how they work the budget to make it happen and how soon they do that. Well, now you've got to have, so you, you're going to have these proposals. The budget has to be hammered out by when? Well, it's that's a good question. It's the next few meetings. You know, sometimes I hate to say that they'll hammer it out at the next meeting because sometimes they'll they'll want to discuss something further. So they'll uh, move it to another study session or another meeting, but uh, they'll, they'll be hammering these out soon. And they, I mean, they got to get, they got to get them approved soon. So these city, different city apartments can begin, can continue to plan and, and put these things in effect for next year. All right. Fascinating to watch. Maybe not as fascinating as watching Mississippi and Arkansas trade touchdowns, but uh, still fascinating. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, I'm going to, uh, my whiskey budget's going to go up if we start having games like that. <laughs> well, it you know, it was a regular game. It didn't go into overtime, and it still took, I think, more than four hours of, of our lives to watch. Yeah, well, and it and it, then it didn't work out. But anyway, it was a good game. It was, was, a, it was good to see that. I, I, I was glad to see him fight like they did to come back. So. Highly entertaining. Highly entertaining. Yeah, but I, but I hate losing to Joey Freshwater. I hate that. <laughs> Michael Tilley is with Talk Business and Politics. He joins us almost every Friday to talk about the week's news. Michael, thank you very much. We'll check in next Friday. All right. You're welcome. Look forward to it.